0: glad to be here today this is always an interesting week trying to keep everybody awake that's working in the fair for five nights so i'm gonna do the best i can i want to start off with prayer today i know we've had prayer but i want to pray and somebody i want to especially uh, remember today uh, as so you know you look around you don't see Teresa and you don't see sherry and last week they have been really uh, just trying to be there in every way for Huel, uh, their dad. And uh, he just went through so much here in the last, well, months actually. And uh, we want to remember them in our prayer. We've got other people that's uh, recovering from different things. And we we want to see God move in their behalf and touch them and comfort them in, in, in so many different ways. And also I pray for Joanne and Karen. Uh, Uh, When you have part of your family tied up, taking care of the other part of the family, it uh, just sometimes it gets to be more than you can bear trying to keep up with everything. So I want to pray for today and pray for the message today. Talking about Samson today, Samson, uh, even though he was a strong man, he could not have done anything he'd done unless the Spirit would have came upon him. And you know I can stand up here and I can share with you the story of Samson today, but I'd a whole lot rather do it with the Spirit uh, the Spirit the upon me. Yep. So let us pray. God, we thank you today. God, we thank you for this week, our youth, our representation as a church in our community. God, in many different ways this week, Lord, I thank you for the youth and the parents and all the people that were involved in the, this uh raising money for the youth budget and for the upstairs. God, I pray for those that are sick in our congregation that would even, they would desire, they would love to be here, but they can't. God, we pray for Huel and Joanne and Karen and Sherry and Teresa and all the families thereof, Lord, and just, they're working so hard to uh, meet the needs of their family. God, we pray for safety for them, and we pray that your spirit right now would go and be there right there where they're at. And God, if it be your will, bring healing, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Another thing I'm very thankful for, last Sunday after church, we went to Knoxville. Me and my wife was in a car accident and, uh, and done about $10,000 worth of damage to Sharon's car. And, and, but the first thing I did when I, I got God, out of the car, thank you, you really? know, I'm glad he kept us safe. God's a good God today we're going to be in uh, the story of Samson, and this story has probably been told so many different ways and you've probably heard it since you was a child uh leading up to this Jeff did such a marvelous job last week as uh he kind of in- introduced you a little bit out of the judges when when we say the 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 book of judges sometimes like he said uh We think of a guy wearing a robe with a gavel and, and, you know, they're a judge. This is a God that when his people go astray, there's one of two things that can happen. Uh, Either they return and repent, which we have a loving God that's willing to forgive, or there has to be judgment. You know, if if a father won't discipline their children that he loves, then it's almost like a fatherless child. And so God, in His love for Israel, is r- raising up judges to bring judgment upon His people, not because He don't like them, but because He does like them. And that's the the thing we're gonna see here in, in the scripture, but. Uh, Jeff hit on a little bit in in Samson, uh, in Judges, the 13th chapter. Uh, The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You're you're sterile and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. And uh, they said, also told her, Now see that you drink no wine or fermented drink and that you're not eating anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. I think about even now that doctors have recently, in the last I don't know eight or ten years, started telling uh, women that are going to get pregnant to not drink wine or alcohol, because. And I'm thinking about, you know, there's so many things in God's Word. If we'd have picked up on it a long time ago, it would have made a difference. But anyway, this was because of a Nazareth vow. And said, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is a Nazarene, a Nazarite set apart to God from birth. And he will begin the deliverance. He will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So that's kind of where we got. And We're going to pick up uh, the last verse of that 13th chapter. And the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. And actually means sunshine. Yeah, sunshine on my shoulders. But uh, he, was, he was their sunshine. He was, he was so bright, they called him sun, you know. And um, he grew up and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. The spirit of the Lord began to stir within him. I remember when I was a little boy, I was born with speech impediment. Some of you have heard that. But I remember as early as, I think I was four or five, there was a meeting in our church, and I remember going up to, the, they had altars in our church there, and I went up for prayer, and my mom, my little sister was just a baby, and uh, I was back there with her, and I'd come to the front, and she goes, oh, is something wrong with Deanna? And I said no, and I turned around and went back to my seat, because at that time, she didn't realize I was coming up, because I felt the conviction of the Lord. So... You may be surprised at how young our children in our churches can feel the presence of the Lord and the stirring of the Lord in their hearts. It's a lot younger than you may think. And you know, 85% of all people that get saved normally get saved before they're like 12 years old. So I believe that you should expect that the God we serve, and the spirit of God starts stirring in our children much younger than we think. Because I'm telling you, the devil, the roaring lion, he's seeking your children much younger than you think. Much younger than you think. But I want you to get this so the spirit began to stir within him. All right, the chapter 14, and they'll put it up on the Sky Bible here. Samson went down to Timnah, and um, he saw there a young Philistine woman. And I may just paraphrase it, but, so we're going to put it up here where you can read. But he went there, and he saw a young Philistine woman. And, uh, and so when he returned, he went home, and he told his mom and dad. He said, when I was in Timna, I saw a Philistine woman. Now go get her for me. <laughs> and his father and mother said, couldn't you find a uh, a, a woman among our own relatives, among our own people? Must you go to the Philistines and, 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 and get someone from there? And he goes, tells his mom and dad, he said, uh, go get her for me. <laughs> She's the one for me. One passage says, and she is pleasing to my eyes. You'll hear that quite a bit in this statement. It's pleasing to my eyes. And so it kind of upset the parents, but something that really got me in verse four, his parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines for at the time they were ruling over Israel. This, this boy that had been set apart had been set apart for a reason. And his reason was to confront the Philistines that were holding God's people in bondage. The problem with the, the, the God's people, Israel, they had got comfortable in their bondage. They had assimilated, and they go, well, you know, we'd like to be free, but, you know, the Philistines are not that bad. They're treating us pretty good. I mean, there's some things we get to do and some things we don't get to do. It's easy nowadays to actually be in bondage and forget that you're in bondage. And you start getting along with the world. You've learned how to get along with the world. You've gotten along with society, and you're just satisfied the way you are. And uh, that's kind of the way God's people had become. They'd become, well, we're happy enough. That's don't nobody stir up anything. And so we see this, but they did not know as parents that their son was gonna go down and this was gonna be, uh, that he was gonna get mixed up with a Philistine woman. and, uh, And they did not know. Sometimes we just don't know the will of God. We think we do. Verse 5 said, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother, and as they approached the vineyards, it's interesting in the story, when they approached the vineyard, evidently the parents went around the vineyard, but Samson went into the vineyard, going back now to the Nazareth vow. He wasn't supposed to be doing that, right? And so as he went into the vineyard, You weren't supposed to be in the vineyard. You weren't supposed to eat grapes that may have soured on the vine or or become fermented. You're not supposed to be involved in that because your parents had taken a vow. You'd taken a vow that you were going to be set apart. But as he goes into the vineyard, this young lion comes out and begins to, uh, to attack Samson. And it said that Samson, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. There it is again. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he grabbed that young lion and he just tore it apart as somebody would tear apart a young goat. I don't know if they had these tournaments in their town like all the guys got together on Friday night and they tore goats apart. I don't know. (laughs) Kind of sounds weird to me. (laughs) But uh, that's what he did. He... But when he met back up with his mother and father, he did not tell them he didn't tell them what he'd done, and so they're going down, and what they're doing, the father and mother reluctantly they're going down there and they're going to pay a diary uh, for this bride that he wants, and it's not what they really want for him, but he wants it and he reminds me of Bam Bam on the Flintstones. <laughs> Get it for me! You know. <laughs> but I want you to keep remembering that suddenly the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and it said he liked her. <laughs> All of this that had led up to this, he'd never even talked to her. So he was basing the whole. Uh, thought of this woman was all based on sight only. It's love at first sight, but actually it's probably more like lust at first sight. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. And when he goes back, this is in uh, verse uh, uh, 7, he goes back and uh, verse 8, sometime later he went back to marry her and he turned aside to look at the lion carcass. So he's going back same path he went before, and he looks and he sees this lion carcass, and he knows some bees are flying around the, uh, the carcass, and so he reaches down in that carpet, and he pulls out some honey, and so he's going back, he's going down the road, and he's, you know, picking out stuff, and he's eating the honey, and well, when he catches up with his mom and dad, he gives them some of the honey, but he did not tell them that he got it from a carcass, the Nazareth vow was they were not supposed to touch anything dead. They weren't even supposed to go to a funeral. They were not to be in the room where they did anything. But he's kind of like very nonchalant about his vow. And so he actually takes honey out of the carcass. But when he meets back, he gives some to his parents, but he did not tell them where he got it. And uh, that it was from a carcass. And so when he returned to his parents, he did not tell them about the lion's carcass. We get over here to verse 10. Now the father went down to see the woman, you know, trying to prepare for this. And Samson made a feast there, which was customary among the bridegroom. So Samson gets at this feats, feast and uh, he appears there and we find that Samson evidently is pretty much alone loner; he don't have any friends. So they get together 30 male companions and they're going to throw a a bachelor's party and if you know anything about weddings in the Bible a lot of times they have a feast for seven days well they have this feast and so Samson he says uh, let me tell you a riddle Samson said if you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes and uh, but he said, if you can't, you've got to give me 30 sets of linen and 30 sets of clothes. So they said, tell us the riddles. And they, he let them hear it. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Now, I was trying to think of the best title for this message. It could be like, Rapper Meets God. <laughs> or it could be called Fatal, As- Fatal Attraction. You know, <laughs> You'll understand that later. But... Three days into this partying, it was basically a keg party. I mean, there was a lot of drinking going on. Another thing, he was not supposed to be touching alcohol, but there's a seven-day party, and uh, they're having a big time. And three days into the party, uh, they come. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, "Coax your husband to explain, uh, to to, uh, tell us the riddle for us, or we will burn you in your father's house hold to death did you invite us here to rob us so she had invited these people and now all this is turning against them Samson's wife threw herself on him sobbing, now I can just imagine how this went, she went up there and she went to him and said you hate me you just hate me you don't really love me you've given my people a riddle but you haven't told me the answer, you told me nothing And he goes, I haven't even explained it to my father or my mother, he replied. So why should I explain it to you? And she cried even the more. And she cried for seven days of her wedding feast. So that on the seventh day, he finally told her, Because she continued to press him, she turned and explained the riddle to her people. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, Hey, Samson, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Samson said unto them, If you would not have plowed with my heifer... You would have not have known the answer to this riddle. I just want to tell you something. If you want to live very long, do not call your wife, which she was espoused to him, a heifer. That will get you killed. He called her. He called her a heifer. Uh, how many women say amen to that? Mm. <clears throat> Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Escalon, and when he get down there, he found 30 guys. He stripped them of their clothes, beat them up, and, you know, killed a bunch of them. And he went back, and he goes, Here, you know, you, you, you answered the riddle, but you talked my heifer into giving you the answer. And he threw the clothes upon them. And he realized, they realized, and, you know, Samson's got a temper there, you know. Uh, And so, finally, he don't even consummate the marriage. He's so mad. So it says, eventually, later, he comes back. And when he went back to Escalon, he struck down 30 of the men and stripped them of their belongings and gave them their clothes and explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went to his father's house and Samson's wife, he goes in there and he says, I come to get my wife. And uh, when he, he... gets there to get his wife Samson's wife had been given to a friend who attended the wedding <laughs> so he knocks on the door hey I want to see my wife because there's already been a diary paid for her but Samson and he says he said you know well I, I thought that I thought you were so angry you didn't want her so I gave her away to somebody else why don't you take her younger my, her younger sister she's even prettier Uh, some crazy stuff going on in this story. (laughs) Yeah, some some crazy stuff. And uh, so uh, it was at the wheat harpist. first. He took a young goat and went, probably if you're trying to make up to your woman, a young goat is probably not enough. You might to go to Jared's. (laughs) But he takes this young goat and he says, I want to see my wife. He said, "Uh, I done gave your wife away. That gave your wife away. And uh, the father wouldn't let him go go in. He said, I was sure you thoroughly hated her. And he said, I gave her to your friend. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her. Samson then said, this time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. So he went out and he caught 300 foxes. Now, I, don't, I don't know how you do that. But he caught 300 foxes and he tied their tails in pairs. He then fastened a torch, every par- pair of tails. He lit the torches and let the foxes loose in the standard grain of the, Phil- standing, stand, grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and the standing grain together with the vineyards and olive trees. He wiped out there in complete harvest. When the Philistines asked who did this, they said that Samson's, the Tim- Timonite son-in-law did it because his wife was given to a friend. So the Philistines went up to and burned her and her father to death. Samson said to them, since you have acted like this, I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them. Then he went down and stayed in the cave rock near Etem. The Philistines went up and camped around Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The men of Judah said, why have you come to fight us? You know, they're like, why are all you Philistines showing up here all in armor? What are you here for? And they said, well, you know, we're here to get Samson because he's destroyed all of our, our you know, all of our flocks, all of our our food. And uh, so uh, they they come and they the Philistines and the Samson said to them, they set down 3,000 of uh, the Judah and they sit down and said why have you brought this revenge on us and uh he said because I'd just getting back even for what they've done to me and so they camped around Judah and uh so Judah sends down 3000 people to approach Samson at Etam he said don't you realize that the Philistines are ruler over us What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. They said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, Swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Oh, agree, we answered. We will only tie you up and we'll hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up to the rock. And as he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting, and here's what happened again. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. Some people believe that Samson was not even a muscle-looking guy. He looked like just a regular guy. But when the Spirit of God came upon him, he, he, he was just, you know, went into battle like nobody's business. Well, when they got down there, the Spirit of the Lord, they were handing him over to the Philistines the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson, and the ropes of his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hand. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and he struck down a thousand men by himself. And Samson said, With a jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand, slain a thousand men. <laughs> he said, Uh, he said, I made a donkey out of them. And with a, with a jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. He was a rapper, all right. <laughs> when he finished, I thought it was funny. When he finished, he threw away the jawbone and the place was called Ramath-Lehi, which be interpreted means jawbone hill. <laughs> <laughs> jawbone hill. <laughs> so it's as uh, It's amazing. When he finished speaking, though, he threw away the bone. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, you have given your servant this great victory, but must I now die of thirst and fall in the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened the hollow place in Lehi and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. So the spring was called En-Hakor and it's still there in Lehi today. That means caller's spring. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Chapter 16. One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. I want you to notice that he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her and the people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night in the city. They made no move during the night saying, at dawn we will kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate together with two posts and tore them loose, bower and all, and he lifted them up on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill facing Hebron. This was, they used to call this the massive gates of Gaza. This is where they done business. This was the protection of that city. When he tore down their gates, it's like tearing down their city hall. It makes them open to the enemy. It calls them to be total vulnerable to any other people that would want to attack them. He just grabs it up like it's nothing. The spirit of the Lord came upon him. It's amazing what he could do. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Now, this is the part of the story most of you probably heard. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, the, there was about six cities that had rulers that kind of helped rule over the whole providence there. And so they get together and they go, we gotta stop this guy. And uh, so they went to her and said, see if you can lure him in and show him the, let him show you the secret of his great strength and how, can you, how you can overpower him so, he, so that we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Now that's is enough six, six different places going to give him 100 shekels of silver. That's enough for her to retire. Uh, she could retire on that so it's, it's kind of uh, you know, she's, she's ready to get in the game. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. <laughs> Wouldn't you think she'd have left that part out? She just, tell him, I want to know how we can tie you up and subdue you. So Delilah said to Samson, and, uh, you know, she wanted the whole thing. Samson answered, if anyone ties me with seven fresh thongs that have not been dried, I become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh thongs and that had not been dried and tied him with it. When the men hidden in the room, she called out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the thongs as easily as a piece of string snaps when it's close to a close, it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now and tell me how you can be tied up. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. And then when the men hidden in the room, she called out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you but he snapped the ropes off his arms like they were threads. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have been making a fool out of me, lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, If you weave the seven braids of my hair, head into the fabric of the loom and tighten it with a pen, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of the head, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with a pen and she called upon him Samson the Philistines upon you he awoke from his sleep and pulled the pen of the loom of the fabric then she said how can't I say I love you how can you say you love me when you won't even confide in me this is the third time you've made a fool out of me haven't you haven't you you won't tell me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, you know, the Bible said it's better to be uh, basically homeless or be in a, 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 a tin a roof building that's leaking than to be with a nagging woman. But with such nagging, he prodding him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head. He said, Because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth, if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers, told the Philistines to come back once more. He had told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned, With the silver in their hands, having put him to sleep in her lap, she called the man to shave off his seven braids of hair and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called the Samson, The Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had left him. Then the Philistine seized him and gorged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza, binding him with the bronze shackles and set him to grinding in the prison. I love verse 22. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled and offered a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, To celebrate saying, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Therefore, you know, like our God is the good God because your God didn't, you know, keep Samson. So our God is the real God. And they were having a party. They were celebrating. They were having a big time at Samson's expense. When the people saw... uh, when the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who had laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, in other words, they were drunk, Jack Daniels were passing around and whiskey, and they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. I can imagine Samson coming out, and you know, they give him a mic, and you know, he tested it out. Why, 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 Delilah? <laughs> I don't know. He was entertaining them, whatever entertaining one. <laughs> <But laughs> he was entertaining them. They were making fun of him. They were making fun of his God. And so when they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can fill the pillars and support the temple that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. The rulers of Philistines were there and the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. And Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O oh God, please strengthen me just once more and let me... With one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars of which the temple stood, bracing himself against it with his right hand and one on his left hand, the other. And Samson's let, Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed all with all his might, and down came the temple and on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brothers and his father's whole family went down to get him and they brought him back to bury him between Zorah, tal the tomb of Mon, uh, Manoah, his father. He led Israel for 20 years. You might say, uh, you know, I wonder why this story is in the Bible. I want, I want to just say a few things about this in closing. I want the worship team to come get side stage there. Samson's story points towards Christ. Just like uh, Joseph did, just like many others did, it points towards Christ. Even his birth, uh, we find in the scriptures many times that barren women were made fun of. They were like, they were forsaken, but God come to barren women many times and gave them children, just like he did Sarah in Genesis 20 and 21, Rebecca in Genesis 25 and 21, Rachel in Genesis 30 and 22. God also opened the womb of a wife of Manoah here in Judges 13. The second thing that we can get from this story is about Samson. He was set apart. You know, Jesus when he went, he didn't take a Nazareth vow, even though he was a Nazarene. But Jesus, when on the day of his baptism, there was a voice that came down from heaven and said, "This is my beloved son." And that day he was set apart, rather than just being Mary and Joseph, he was set apart as the son of God. Very interesting uh, similarities. He was set apart for the duration of his life, uh, and so. We, we find this, but also the story of Jesus, we find that Jesus' mother was not barren, but she had never been with a man. She was a virgin, and yet she brings forth a child because overshadowing by the Spirit. Jesus was set apart on, on the, the day of his baptism. The other things we can just find in this story is the riddle. There's no way that that group there would have ever understood the riddle that Samson gave. He knew the answer, but nobody would have known the answer. You know, and that's, uh, uh, it was impossible to guess, but like Samson, Jesus also came into a world. Jesus came into the world to seek a bride, and his bride, the church, brought him to destruction. Since Jesus purchased his bride through giving up his life on the cross, there at the cross, Jesus tore apart another lion, Satan, who prowls around seeking whom he may devour, according to 1 Peter 5 and 8. And through the resurrection, Jesus made something sweet out of the most unclean thing in the world. He made something sweet out of sin, death, and the devil. By making himself unclean, he reversed the curse. Imagine that. So, in a weird way, Samson's story is a pre-runner, a foreshadow of Jesus. You know, it got down to it was one person was to save Israel, Samson. When he w- was led by the Spirit, he'd done great things. When he was led by the flesh, he'd done horrible things but Jesus reversed the curse over us. Now, no one reading the story of Samson before Jesus came in the world would have recognized that this had anything to do with Jesus Christ. The riddles are what Paul calls the mystery hidden from the ages, according to Ephesians 3:9. It would have been impossible to decipher without being told the meaning of the story, but now that Jesus has come, God is delighting to give us the meaning of the stories. The riddles have now been made plain. The story of Samson announces us in advance that Jesus Christ would be born into this world by a virgin and he would be set apart by the Holy Spirit to save sinners from the curse of sin. And he would accomplish the plans of God. I I think about that when Jesus went to the cross where Samson failed and all the people that we see in the Old Testament that gives us a little pieces of a redeemer coming. They're they're flawed. But when Jesus comes, he's not flawed. Jesus did not try to deliver in the flesh. He delivered in the spirit. Jesus, when, when he went to the cross, he finally tore that lion apart and he put him in his place and set us free through the resurrection of Jesus Christ we can have freedom today. But I've told you, you get to this guy, pretty soon you're gonna see another one man show, you might say, when Philistines may have said, well, if this ever happens to us again, we're gonna have somebody big in our camp that can beat the Samson's of this world. And so eventually the Philistines gets a giant. But God takes one little boy and he's not got muscles, he takes David and David takes a sling and drops that giant. I'm telling you, God has got a remedy for everything the devil throws at us. He's got a little David hiding somewhere. God can defeat the devil in your life. I I thought about that when I was reading that story over and over and over again, but he went to something, that lion that he tore apart and then honey was there and he reached in that carcass and he tasted something sweet. Some of the most difficult things in your life with God's spirit and God's help, God can turn it around. He can reverse the curse and he can call something sweet to come out of your difficult experience. He can do that. That's the kind of God we serve. I, I got a few points I guess I need to get to. The story of Samson and Delilah parallels the spiritual political disarray of the nation of Israel at that time. Samson, Samson's problem is a similar problem to that, that Israel had. He's just represented one man. Perhaps the greatest lesson we learned that God would rather forgive us than judge us. He would rather forgive. How many parents if your child does something? Would you rather spank your child or judge your child or discipline or put them in the corner or however you found that it's the best discipline for a child? Would you rather do that or would you rather your child come with a contrite and broken uh, and, and say, I was wrong, I messed up? God would rather forgive any day than judge. But if we will not seek God's forgiveness and ask for God's forgiveness, then judgment is all that's left. In the final analysis, God saw Samson as a man of faith. This is evident by the fact that he's listed among those in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11:32. 32. That really, really touched me that with all of Samson's failure, God still saw him as a man of faith. As I started reading through the Hebrews 11, you'll find not one, not one in that Hebrews 11 chapter. Not one is perfect. God uses imperfect people and he can use you and me because that's all he's got to use is imperfect people. The spirit of God can come on any one of us and cause great things to happen. When we read through the list of the names recorded there, we do not find one, one in the hall of fame that was perfect. Samson was the strongest man who ever lived, but it was God who gave him that strength. More important, Samson let himself be used by God. In fact, God could have used him without making him the strongest man. And God is willing to meet us right where we are right now and take us where he wants us if we will let him. I believe that. God is the answer for this nation. Later in the book of Judges, you're gonna hear that God's people they done what was right in their eyes. They done what was right in their eyes. Uh, New Testament he said, if your hand offend you, cut it off. If your eye offend you, pluck it out. I don't know if it was the mercy of God that Samson's eyes was gouged out or not. But the thing that kept leading Samson back into his sin and bondage was his eyes. It was, the, it was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. If you really think back in your life, the thing that brings us the most problem is the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, wanting things that we don't really need, and the pride of life. And you know, God would rather you go to heaven maimed than go to hell whole. God will sacrifice all of our comfort. God will sacrifice all our comfort to build our character. We can pray for leaders. Next, we get to Samuel. They're praying for a king. If we just had a king, we could be God's people. Sounds like our people. If we could just get the right president. We could be a. We could have. We could take control of this country if we just had the right president. You ever thought that God puts in and takes out kings and kingdoms? And if God is allowing in the last election, in this election, in past elections, the future election, if God's allowing people in office that we don't feel like is kind to Christianity, could it be that God's trying to discipline Christianity? where we get to the point, we're not praying for a president or a king, but we're praying for our hearts to be changed, that we become a changed people, a changed church that God Almighty visit us, that we realize we will never shape this country, we will never change this church, we will never change our world, we'll never change our family until we get the spirit of the living God working in us. Team, will you come on out? I wanna say this. God's doing something in our congregation. I'm not going to give the names here today, but I come down to pray for somebody a few weeks ago, four weeks ago to be exact. And one of our uh, young people, after I got through praying, they turned around and gave me a word from the Lord. And I knew it was from God. I was just a young person, then last Sunday I had someone tell me during the worship, I could feel God I could i could I could envision a heavenly language, and then I began to see what God was saying, and God was saying i I'm here. I'm in your midst. I'm in your midst. I'm in your midst. And he said, I didn't want to do anything wrong. What I'm sensing, God is going to bring a move of God. He may use the most timid. He may use the young people. He may use the people that you would never believe. And I think that's the way it needs to happen because there will be the one not trying to take the glory. But I'm telling you, God is doing something. Yes, is. And I believe right now today, there's there's so many people in this church, you you would love to have the Spirit come upon you to solve your problem. Every time they got in a pro- the Spirit came upon Samson. He got, was able to do what he couldn't do. He was able to solve what he couldn't solve when the Spirit came upon him. Jesus was led by the Spirit. The Bible said it's the Spirit that breaks the yoke, the bondage of Satan and uh, the things of this world. It's God that gives us spiritual eyes where we're not drawn away by the lust of our eyes and the lust of the flesh. We need the Spirit of the living God. I've been so proud of our speakers in this church. I know they're being spirit led. I know they're being spirit led. I am so proud of this worship team because I know they're singing with the spirit of the living God. So get ready. And if God shares anything with you, let me know, let some of us leaders know. But God is working, folks. Maybe the desperation in our nation is what's turning us back to God, even in our churches. And I say, so be it, God. Whoever you got to put in there to get us to turn back to you wholeheartedly, do it, God. Do it. And He will. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the lesson of Samson. God, you are the one that truly delivered us. You're the ones that destroyed that roaring lion that seeks to destroy us all. And God, you want to continue. To be our deliverer until you come and forever put Satan into his place and God I pray that you would free this congregation you would free this congregation Lord that we would be led of your spirit that the spirits visitation upon us and the indwelling of the spirit would be so that God we'd have such direction and healing and deliverance we would see freedom come in our congregation I pray it in Jesus' name right now. If you'd like prayer today about anything, if you don't know the Lord is your personal savior, let us come to him today. He is your answer. Let us stand.